Welcome to Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff, where we interview newsmakers, storytellers, and all-around interesting people. Sit back, relax, uh, unless you're driving, and enjoy the show. Here's Jackson. Hello, hello, hello. I am Jackson Huff. This is Not in a Huff. Thanks so much for joining me. As always, really appreciate it. This week, I'm interviewing Joey Haddon. Now, Joey comes to us with two really interesting things to talk about. One being that she is an insider reporter. Insider is a digital newspaper magazine, kind of features all kinds of different stuff. The particular things that Joey talks about is travel. So if you've ever seen a you know a headline on Yahoo that's like, you know, seventy two hours in a in a train or what I learned from my two weeks alone in a teeny house. Those type of just kind of fun articles to read and the, the ones that have pictures attached to to each step of the, the article to kind of help you visualize. Those are the type of things that Joey does. And chances are you've read some of her articles if you've uh, ever spent any time on the Yahoo homepage or, of course, on, on Insider itself. So we're going to talk all about what it takes to be an Insider reporter, how she got... Uh, the role that she has now, how much traveling she actually does, because a lot of these articles you notice are are kind of from the same trip, but just highlighting different parts. So we're going to talk about what it looks like to to be a travel reporter, the amount of travel that goes into it, how many articles should go into uh, to each of these trips that she takes, some of her favorite trips, some of her least favorite, what that means when it comes to uh, to writing articles. Of course, some of the hardest places you go or some of the easiest places to write about you've got plenty to say but uh i i really enjoyed hearing that side of course i'm all about travel so really liked to hear about that and then to, to talk to somebody who writes about it and shares that journey with others uh it was a it was a fascinating thing just hearing about the the world of journalism is fascinating too it's an ever-evolving world we're going to talk about that your know, insider is a digital only content creator so that's something that didn't exist 20 years ago so it's a huge leading media publication but it's only digital uh so and that's kind of the way the world's going so we're going to talk about the future of journalism um but that second big thing that we're going to talk about is that she's actually in a band uh when she's not traveling she's practicing and she's doing gigs with uh, her four Four best friends in a band called Blanket Approval. Uh, she is based in New York City. That's kind of where the the insider offices are, and that's where she is. So most of her gigs are are in the uh, the New York area. We're going to talk about some of the the gigs that she has coming up soon. We're going to talk about what Blanket Approval, uh, what kind of music it puts out. If you if you listen to them on Spotify, what what you're going to hear. Uh, just the how she got into music, what her future holds, if she's hoping that she's eventually going to be all music or all journalism, whether she likes the combination. I, I like to talk to people that, that lead an interesting life, and I think just talking about uh, travel would have been amazing. Just talking about being in a band would have been amazing. So somebody who has successively combined both of those, uh, you're in for a really cool conversation. So without further ado, here is Joey Haddon. I'm here today with Joey Haddon. Joey, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing today, Jackson? I'm good. I'm good. If you would just introduce yourself. 
my name is Joey Haddon. I'm a traveling lifestyle reporter at Insider. Um, I live in New York City, and I'm also a musician in a band called Blanket Approval. Yeah, two two really cool things that I want to kind of really go into detail with. If you would, let's just start out with journalism. Talk about what uh, what created that passion. Have you always, you know, from a young age, wanted to be a journalist? Did you happen upon it? Let's talk about that. Yeah, and it started pretty early for me. Um, I've always liked writing more than any other school subject just because it came so naturally to me. So in eighth grade, when, you know, there was an option to do a writing-based elective, it was journalism. So I took it and I kind of never looked back from there. Uh, you know, I continued on working for the school papers in high school and college, and now I work at Insider. Yeah. Do you? So uh, you said you started, what, in eighth grade? Did you kind of always have a knack for it? Was it a learned skill or were you somebody that just at that time you kind of just started out with, with, I don't know, being, being the best eighth grade journalist or was it something that took a while to kind of master, not to say that's mastered yet, but. Um, I think that, you know, when I was a kid, I found that I had like a sort of natural knack for writing where I would write something and people would respond well to it. It took me a long time to figure out exactly what it is that made that writing good and how I continue to improve my writing. But I think that I just had so much positive reinforcement um, about it, such a young age mm. that, you know, I, I really was fortunate to have such a confidence. Um, and I've been able to continue that as I've built this skill over the last 10, 15 years or so, I guess. I love that. And you said that it took you a while to kind of figure out what that was that was making you maybe set apart. Have you figured out what was it that you had at that point that maybe some writers don't have? Um, I think I have this like sort of natural hankering to like organize my thoughts as I'm mm. thinking. And I think I just wrote in a way that was really raw, kind of just exactly how I was feeling. And, and for whatever reason, you know, that rawness resonated with people. And so you know, I, I think like having a tone in my writing that that matches who I am as a person has been something I've been able to, you know, perfect over time. Again, like not like it's perfect now, but, you know. Right, right. And I so I've looked at a lot of your articles. That's kind of why I reached out, because I I like looking at your articles. It definitely is. Uh, I, I understand what you're saying as far as being able to kind of put those thoughts in a, in a clear, concise way that makes it enjoyable for the reader. And that's why I think that your, your articles are probably uh, ones that a lot of people gravitate towards, but I did notice that, and I don't know whether this is kind of just an insider thing or, or a, a you stylistically, um, you know, your articles are, I would say a good 50, 50, whether they're photos or whether they're words. So do you consider yourself more of a journalist or a photojournalist, a little bit of something in the middle or, or where are we at with that? So that's a great question. Technically, my job title is a reporter. So I'm a journalist. Um, but what's unique about working at Insider and, you know, it's been great for me is that I have a passion for these two things really deeply. And at Insider, I'm able to exercise them both at the same time in a way that the photos are as important as as the words that I'm writing. And um, that's something that I think is is somewhat rare in newsrooms, the ability to, you know, hold both those crafts at the same level. And um, yeah, I've, I've, you know, I feel really lucky that I was able to find a job that combined those two things right out of school. 
Yeah. And you said right out of school, I, I want to talk about how you, you joined Insider. Did you, did, did you start right out of school? Did you work for some small town paper USA before that? Or, or how did Insider start? So um, I graduated in May of 2019 and started applying for journalism positions in areas of the country where I had family um, mm. who could help support me. So um, I grew up in and have family in the tri-state area. So I applied for a position as a visual features fellow at Insider, which is essentially like a extended paid internship. Um, and, you know, I did that for six, seven months. And then I ended up getting hired on full time uh, to work as a reporter and around the fall of 2021 is when I started traveling and that kind of became my main beat at Insider. And I guess I, I wonder too, when it comes to, to Insider, I, I never want to assume anyone that's listening to this knows very much of, of, of anything really, just because I talk to so many different people. If you would tell us what Insider is, because it is very different than you know the traditional magazine or traditional newspaper. I believe it's all digital, correct? Yeah, so Insider is a completely digital publication. Um, it's a global newsroom. And, you know, we, we, I think one thing that stands out about it is that we have this personal experience um, kind of category where the reporters themselves are the main characters in their stories. And that is where mm. my expertise lie. I guess I hadn't thought about that. But when I do read the the different people, it, the reporters normally are directly in the story. So I, I, I like that. I, I hadn't thought about that at all. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about, you said that you started out as a, a fellow doing, I guess, a little bit different. How did you move into the role that you have now where you are traveling and, and writing these pieces? Um, well, when I was working as a fellow, I sort of established myself as someone who had photography skills as well. So I reached out to other reporters around the newsroom and said, hey, you know, if you ever need someone to take pictures for a story or a photo slideshow, I'd be happy to do it. I also pitched stories where I could do personal experience angles in New York City where I was located. Um, so that would be like an easier pitch to kind of ease me into it. And uh, yeah, I ended up doing maybe four or five different on the ground reporting stories like that in New York from following around sanitation workers at five o'clock in the morning to, mm. you know, commuting with a New Jersey man who gets to Brooklyn by jet ski every day. Mm. So there was, I, I was lucky to be in a location where there's, you know, there's, there's so many angles right here. And um, eventually, you know, a, a, over a, a long time, I think I started to show an interest in travel as, you know, the world was shutting down. So it was something that was definitely was like on pause, even though it was on their radar that it was something that I was interested in doing. Um, so yeah, it took, I guess, a couple of years to really settle into this. Yeah. And when you were in school, was this something that you, that you figured you would do? I mean, I feel like there's, there's probably two kinds of people and, the, and a little bit of both probably, but did you always know that you wanted to write kind of stories that are either informative or uplifting or kind of feel good type things? Or were you ever wanting to, I guess, kind of write those stories that, you know, the, the breaking news type, really hard hitting stuff? 
I, I mean, there's mm-hmm. there's needs for both of them. I just wonder, is this what you thought that you would be doing all along? Um, honestly, I, I, I definitely didn't think that I'd be doing this, especially not now. Um, I thought when I was in college that, um, you know, I was really good at college and, you know, being mm-hmm. a student. And I was really nervous about how that would translate into the real world. And I, I figured that I'd end up doing something like laying out pages, you know, at a local paper. Um, but I think that what really led me to this was like having that added passion in photography. Cause you know, in school, I, I, I mostly took film photos, which, you know, it, it takes a lot more time and, and, and practice, you know, and to get those right. And I feel like that translates to my skills as a digital photographer as well. I like, I like that you said that you were really good at college. That's what I always say to people too, because when I was in school, I never knew what I wanted to do. I just, I always liked being in school. So that's kind of what I did. I never left. And now I'm an advisor at a college. So I never, I never had to leave that world. So (laughs) I'm glad that you were more successful in getting away than I was, but I want to talk now about exactly what it is that you do. And that's, traveling around the world writing these pieces um how does that how does that come about does the does your editors like say we want you to do pieces in europe or we want you to do pieces on tiny homes do you come to them with these different ideas or or what's that look like so through my work at insider i've like developed a pretty good idea of what our audience likes to read about Mm -hmm. just from like analyzing the data of what articles have performed well in the past. And so when it comes to pitching a trip, I find common ground between what I'm interested in doing and writing about and what the audience is interested in based on past data. So that common ground, I think, helps me avoid burnout and like produce more meaningful stories because if you're if, if you're writing about things that don't really interest you, I, I think it comes through. And so... Yeah, just continuing to hone in on what the audience wants um, and continuing to change and adapt with that is really what it comes down to. Uh, These pitches have dozens of headlines, um, but they're not like subject, they are subject to change based on my experience. Like I might pitch the idea of visiting a place for the first time, but for the takeaway of my headline I would leave that open to the possibilities of what I observe in that place, if that makes sense. So I take the trip um, and I get back and I spend weeks, sometimes months reporting on these trips. I mean, my last trip was in October and I'm still going to be writing about it for the next month or so. So um, there's a lot of content that needs to be created during these, during these trips. Yeah. And that's kind of what I figured out. That's, that's kind of in my next two questions. So let's dive a little bit deeper into that. And the, the first one is when you pitch one of these trips, how many stories are they hoping to get out of, uh, out of each of these? Because I definitely have noticed that I, I see some of the articles that you're still putting out are just little snippets of things back from October, because I can just tell it's from the same trip. So how many are they hoping to get out of each of these trips? So it varies depending on the trip. Like if I were to take a trip that was about, I don't know, four or five days, I probably pitch around 30 to 40 headlines. Whereas mm-hmm. if I'm taking a two week trip, I'm probably pitching about a hundred headlines um, for that trip. So it really, it comes down to the time spent, the expense, and if that is worth the, the end result. Mm. 
see, I, and obviously you, you already talked about having to kind of leave room for exactly what you experienced, but do you ever feel like given that you've already kind of pitched these hundred headlines and what it's going to be that you've almost have to kind of hole everything into that. And that sometimes takes away from the experience of the trip because, Hey, I've already pitched the headline that they want, that it's going to be this. And I'm not really finding it. It's that how often can you change that? Yeah, that's a really great point. And it's something that I continue to, to work on every day. And that's just how to avoid being um, formulaic with the way that I'm writing these stories, because you're right. It is something where it's like, yeah, this has worked for me in the past. Why wouldn't I just do it again? But I really think what it is, is while you're in the moment and then after when you're writing about it is like being intentional about, Hey, this is something I've done before. Is it because it fits this story the best or what is the best way to write this specific story and just go with that instead of, you know, like, it's a combination of, of, you know, getting what we already know the audience wants and an experimental element of like, what else can we find out? You know, and, and that's a lot of what these take, these takeaways are is, is when we have more unique takeaways, we, we get more information about what, what the audience thinks is interesting based on how they respond to it. And I mean, they're mostly written kind of as you doing all this stuff solo, do you, are you truly going on all these trips solo or, or do you have somebody with you? I generally go solo. Um, my last trip, I, my partner joined me halfway through. That was the first time that I had been on a trip with someone else. Um, but, you know, I, I think I, I think that when I take these trips solo, I can, I can really reflect more on on my own personal growth and that is really helpful um and it really just it just helps me focus on the work you know being with someone who's on vacation while you're working can be tricky yeah i i can only imagine that for sure you've already kind of touched on this but i want to kind of uh, dive deeper into it and that is the question was going to be how much of your job is actually traveling and how much of it is just getting back home and dissecting and categorizing and organizing everything you got sounds like most of it's kind of that organization afterwards but uh what would you say kind of a a percentage wise how much of it is traveling and how much of it is actually um you know the 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 work back at home the the grind right yeah i mean most of most of the you're right most of the work is is before and after these trips i take about four trips a year so that comes out to maybe a month to a month and a half of traveling, mm-hmm. whereas the rest of the year is spent, you know, planning these trips, writing about these trips, and then also, you know, picking up other stories or ways I can help the lifestyle team outside of my own beat. You know, I like to pick up quick posts that I can do to just kind of, you know, diversify what I'm doing a little bit. That also helps me avoid burnout because these stories that I write from these trips are typically very long and they take a while to, to go, to go live. Um, but when I write a quick post, you know, you kind of get that instant dopamine hit of like, I did this thing and I got, you know what I mean? I got the result from it like right away. And so that, that is something I try to work into, into my weekly flow as well. I want to ask you too, um, we've touched on a little, and that is that these trips are, work and it's not a vacation for you. You even posted, I think on Instagram one time, this, this is an actual vacation for <laughs> me, not just a, you know, so, yeah. I mean, do you, 
how do you look at these things? Do you find ways, little moments or dinners or something to enjoy these? Or are they truly just completely work and, uh, and all things that go along with that, whether it's the, the dread of figuring it all out or just the kind of the stress of all of it? Or do you ever find kind of the, the moments of, uh, of actual relaxation, dare I say? Yeah. So um, I think when it comes to these trips, I, you, you got to think of it like a work day every day. So in a normal day, I spend eight hours working. So when I'm on a trip, I try, I aim for just eight hours of work a day and then spend the rest of my time however I want to. What ironically for me, like what relaxes me is like journaling. So that's part of my job at the end of every day is, is, is taking the time to just write down everything I saw and everything that I felt. Um, but I'm definitely, um, I'm definitely spending more time working, I would say on these trips than when I'm at home, just because you're, you know, you're trying to get out as much content as you can. And, and there's a lot of things that work into it, like, you know, time spent on, you know, trains, transporting places. So yeah, I guess it's really just trying to make sure that I take the, like, take the time for myself each day um, while I'm on, on work trips. Otherwise, you know, I'll kind of drown in work. And honestly, for me, a lot of times that's just like hanging out in the hotel room. You know, I spend all day going out and exploring and then I just, I need to come back to the hotel at night and just rest and you know watch tv or something sometimes that's really what i need most so yeah no i get that i i couldn't imagine it being truly completely worth that would that would be tiring and and definitely cause some burnout really quick so i want to ask you now a little bit about um you know you, you talked about how these trips you you've kind of now figured out what the reader likes and you've kind of put together what you enjoy and what interests you to what you think the readers would like and what interests them. How much of these trips are, you know, how far out of your comfort zone will you go on these trips? Because you want to experience those new things. Cause you, I think the readers like that. It seems like a lot of your stories are, you know, the first time I did this, the first time I've did that. So that takes getting out of some of that comfort zone. How much of your travel is travel that you would be doing maybe on your own for pleasure and how much of it's like, this is clearly just something I'm writing about. I would never really enjoy this. This is not my, what I like. This is not my comfort zone. Um, yeah. So I think I, I personally didn't have a ton of different traveling experience before starting at insider. So a lot of this first time stuff is really like me figuring out if I do like it or not. And I found that with trains, I do like it. I, mm. I find them very interesting. I think the angle that you see, the country from on a train is you don't get that on a car or a plane. And, you know, it, it kind of forces me to slow down my pace, but you know, cruises, I, I get really motion sick. So I found out that like cruising, especially on the largest cruise ship in the world was like more challenging for me. And if I were to go on my own vacation, I probably wouldn't do that again. Yeah. That's, and that, those type of ones are what I was going to maybe point out that, whether it's kind of the tropical stuff or the cruising, that's where it looks like you're out of your comfort zone the most. I, I always think it's funny when I look at these pictures and you you're on this cruise ship and then you're still like in your, you know, your jacket and your long socks and your tennis shoes. I'm like, <laughs> I don't really feel like maybe she's enjoying this a ton because she doesn't look like an average cruiser right now. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't think I, I always really, really fit in where I'm traveling, but I, th- I think that's good. I think like even, even with trains, it's like, it's not something that I'm comfortable doing. It's, it's definitely still something that's very challenging, but I, I feel like I get more out of it. Yeah. And I, uh, you know, I've, I've never done any trains and I was going to ask you about that. What, what started this, this train, you know, all these train articles, you've, you've written a lot of them. I think that's kind of a specialty at this point. Is it because you're from, I mean, you're from an area of this country that travels by train a lot more than, you know, the, the Midwest where I live. Uh, so had, did you already have that experience? Did you just do it for one article kind of first time and realize you like it? Cause that definitely seems to be a theme now. Yeah. I mean, I grew up, I grew up taking, you know, local trains and stuff, but I, I never really went on like a train journey, like a long distance train until I worked at Insider. Mm-hmm. So like what sparked my interest was for my first trip back in 2021. Um, I wanted to try like sleeping in like an overnight train, which, you know, here in the US we have Amtrak and there are all these different accommodations that you can book um, for these, for these overnight rides, or like a variety of comforts. So, you know, I, I, I looked through our data. I saw that, you know, our, our readers are interested in train coverage. And so I pitched a 30 hour train ride from New York city to Miami and back five days later on two different, um, bedroom type accommodations on Amtrak. And, you know, it's funny, while I was on the trains, I was like, man, I don't know if I would do this again. Like, this is really rough. But like, reflecting back on it, I was like, I I do want to challenge myself more in these areas. And like, I think that, you know, the more train rides I take, the more I can like build up my expertise as like, someone who's experiencing trains and like compare different trains in the US to those in Canada or Europe. Um, So yeah, I, I think I think that, you know, when it comes to trains, it's just, it's something that I didn't expect to get into, um, but it kind of like naturally formed into kind of like a mini beat within my travel beat. Yeah, I like them. I think that's some of my favorite stories that you've written just about the the train world, because I've done a lot of traveling, but the tra- trains is something I've never done. So that is truly something that I know absolutely nothing about. So definitely interested i would say living vicariously through you but i don't know that i am because i don't know if i like it any better after li- wa- uh, reading it maybe i'm like oh i really am not sure about that um but i want to i guess move into we've talked so much about kind of skirting kind of what you do talk about some of your your favorite um places you've been and then some of the places that have not been been so great and then also just to make this question a you know, super long. The, has, has your favorite places produced some of your favorite articles? Or I feel like it would be strange to say, hey, this was awful. I hated every minute of it, but it actually produced some really awesome articles that I'm more proud of. So talk about all that if you can. It's funny you say that, that last thing you said, because I do find that like the hardest moments I have when I write about them, they are my favorite articles. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just because it's like, this was you know, these moments that are hard in these trips, they're they're turning points and and there are opportunities to think about things in new ways. And, and those are the things I like to write about. Um, So, um, but yeah, when it comes to my favorite places I've been, I I really loved Switzerland. Um, You know, I only spent a couple of days there. I was in 
Zurich and staying in Rockwall, this this village, um, maybe an hour outside of the city by train. And uh, I, I was staying there because I was looking for, you know, unique budget Airbnbs. So it's, you know, going to be cheaper outside of the city. But I found that I really liked just being in a more like like a slower pace, more like true to life kind of area of Europe because when you're in you know the bustling cities like just like when you're in the U.S. the bustling cities isn't like reflective of what it's like all around the country you know so I think like in all these places like when I've found these small towns these suburban areas that are aren't really in the forefront those are end up being like some of the most interesting. I I can understand that so talk about what ha- you we talked about some of the, the struggles here and how they've written you they've created some of the best articles but what are some of the coolest places the coolest experiences you've had because of insider um i think that like some of the cool stuff has been like going to canada for the first time you know i i took a train from new york city to niagara falls new york and i walked across the rainbow bridge over niagara falls into canada i traveled from there to montreal and quebec city and that was cool because i you know i i i never thought about Canada growing up it was never like a place that I was like oh yeah I would want to travel there one day and honestly I don't know if I ever would have um if not for this for this work opportunity and now that I've been there I really want to see more of Canada Mm. yeah I like that and I want to ask you the last question about the journalism world is kind of the the bigger picture that maybe the scariest question that is it sounds it's kind of scary out there for for journalism you know, a lot of young professionals that are getting into this, you know, I, I know a lot of people in this world and it's can be a little bit bleak. Definitely. If you're trying to be, you know, the, the traditional newspaper writer, if that even barely exists anymore. So talk about that world, you know, advice for, for other young professionals, how you think the world is going to adapt because let's hope it does. Cause if we really do lose the, you know, the investigative journalism and, and those who do write these hard stories or, or even the ones that, that write the honest, real stories about things like you, that we're going to be in some, some trouble. So, yeah, I mean, I, I was lucky enough to start taking journalism classes when the media industry was already drastically changing mm-hmm. in 2016. I started taking these courses and the courses reflect those changes. We had multimedia assignments where we had to learn several different softwares to tell stories through audio, video, photos, and, you know, laying out pages for print. Um, but I think that the key for young professionals is not to expect the world to adapt, but to prepare yourself to adapt. You know, like one thing that doesn't change, I don't think is going to change is that people are interested in hearing about other people's stories. Um, Finding out where that interest lies or how to get your stories in front of those people, these are variables. And I think journalists should expect those to change over time and be constantly adapting to them. I think being adaptive is kind of the only way to do it. Yeah. No, I, I think that's, that's huge too. Just, and I think that that failure to adapt is probably the kind of the, the issue in, in a lot of, a lot of newsrooms for sure. Um, let's, let's move on from journalism. You've, you've already spoke mostly about that and I appreciate that, but I want to talk about your other passion and that is music. You have a, a band blanket approval. 
first, how do you balance both of these? That, that seems like two very different things. Maybe that's, that's why it is so successful because it is so different and it allows you kind of that time to breathe away from your, your career. Um, but let's talk about that music career. Yeah. So, um, when it comes to balancing, um, you know, I, I do have a flexible job where I, I work from home, you know, when I'm not on a trip, I'm working from home. So I'm able to take time to work on things related to blanket approval throughout the day. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about the band and then get more into that about how I balance the two, just for some context. Um, so uh, I play drums in a band called Blanket Approval, which uh, I founded with my buddy Jack over maybe a year and a half ago. And our friends Max and Rahul um, later joined the band. It's a four-piece. Um, I play drums and sing. We have synth, keys, guitar, bass. And it started out as a, as a side project. But over these last few months, we've been growing a lot and doing a lot pretty quickly. Um, we're booking a lot more shows, which means practicing more, you know, recording more songs. I draw all the cover up for the songs. Making merch. We like we like buy thrifted clothes and then hand paint and heal, uh, heat seal them. Mm. And uh, so I th I'd say at this point in my life, I I'm spending probably about th a third of my time on blanket approval related stuff. Whereas it used to kind of just be like, you know, like an after school project kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I'm definitely still figuring out how to, how to, to balance these things. But one thing that's helped me is, is setting really clear boundaries um, in areas that I can do that. So like with my band, I'm, I can be very comfortable setting these boundaries. For example, on weeknights, I only practice till nine. That might sound like an early curfew for a grown up, but you know, for me to work and then practice right hour after it's like a 12 hour day. So like prioritizing my rest every night it, it is, it's crucial. And, um, another thing that, that gets in the way a lot is, trying to plan out, you know, future trips and future shows. Mm. So what I do is I keep a physical calendar, like a notebook calendar, and I use, I use it for everything from work, the band and my personal life. And I take it with me everywhere I go. And whenever there's like a show that my band is working on getting a date for, I'll write it in pencil in case it doesn't work out. And then the same thing for work trips. If I am, you know, pitching a trip that I haven't gotten approved yet, I write it in pencil. And then if the show or the pitch is confirmed, I trace over it in pen. I don't know why that system works for me. I, I, I just can't get into the, to the tech online calendars. Um, but yeah, this, this has been like my foolproof system for making sure I don't double book myself. I, I like that. And I, I wonder, obviously the band, you can, you can work with them on that, but how, understanding is insider about that. And I feel like maybe it's because you have the role that you do where you're pitching it and you're obviously not going to pitch something during the time that you already have something, but have you ever found a conflict there that, Hey, I have something booked with the band, but I have now a commitment with, with my, uh, with my day job. No, I haven't had that issue. So I, I, oh, I have like a, an unlimited PTO program at insider mm. where I, ask my manager in advance, like, Hey, I have shows these days, you know, going on tour, whatever it is. And, um, you know, they, they've always been really great about that. And, um, you know, I, I, I try to like, whenever I'm 
booking stuff with my band, I'm like, if they do like three weekends in a row, I'm like, all right, come on, like relax for a second. Like we, we need to make sure we know what we're doing these weeks. Cause I can't have too many weeks in a row where I can't free myself up for travel for work. Um, but yeah, I mean, insider has been great about it. It hasn't really been an issue. I love to hear that. So if somebody turns on blanket approval on Spotify, they check it out. What, what music are they hearing? What, what, I guess, what's your sound? Yeah, so we're an indie power rock band. Um, I think our music feels like a cozy space to freely release your energy. We write songs about things that are uncomfortable to talk about. And so sharing the world, sharing them with the world is like a cathartic feeling that I think resonates with the audience as well. Um, you know, our, our music is pretty high energy groovy you'll hear a blend of my vocals and jacks we have some funky bass lines um i i guess i would compare it to if you've heard of the kooks um hippocampus spoon those are just some other you know indie rock bands that i feel like our sound is similar to um but ultimately you can expect to see four best friends playing music together because that's really what we are we all met through music just over the last two years but we've spent so much time together in that you know small amount of time that it, it feels like we're family and i think when you see us live you can really feel that in the room when we play yeah i think that's that's important and making and making music people want to hear is is playing music that you that you're enjoying with people that you're enjoying so that's that's important i i like to hear that you're your day job again, for lack of a better word, is all about <laughs> writing and yeah. and all of that. Are you the one that does the writing for the songs or are you like, I write enough, I'm not trying to write some more? <laughs> well, uh, I, I, we all kind of write songs. There are, we all write our own you know, parts and then there are some songs like the songs where I sing lead on where I also like wrote all the vocals and vocal phrasing. Um, but you know, it really just depends on the track. Like sometimes it's like, you know, Jack has most of a song written and then we kind of just find a way to put it together as a full band. Or sometimes, you know, my bassist will come out with a bass line. We'll just kind of jam on that bass line until we figure something out. So it's really like a wide variety. Even sometimes it's like one of us will like send a voice memo into the group chat and then someone will send a voice memo on top of that voice memo to like you know like layer it um with potential new sounds that's cool that's cool for sure and how have you always just been a a drummer how did you get that part because being the drummer and a singer that's one of the toughest things to do <laughs> so how did how did that all come about um so i've been playing like musical instruments since i was a little kid um and i started playing shows and recording music I was a teenager with just like other people around my age that were as interested in music as I was. Um, I had a lot of musical influence, I guess, from my extended family and not, and, you know, just kind of got into playing guitar, bass, drums, probably around middle school. Um, I, I didn't really take drums seriously though until college where I joined a, a drum line and a improv jazz combo. Um, that's where I really learned how to like listen to other musicians and like, and figure out how to 
play what they're describing, if that makes sense. Um, but singing is something that I never considered until I started writing my own songs um, in this band. So that has been like the biggest challenge for me is like, I'm, I'm pretty good at behind the kit, but um, you know, learning a new skill of singing and doing that at the same time, especially live, you know, cause it, it's so high energy and you're just playing song after song. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that That's definitely been like the hardest part in terms of, of the band um but it's so awesome i never thought that i could be a singer like it's even when i was a kid playing music i always thought i would be in the background so it's really cool yeah so people people want to check out that high energy show that you they want to check out your singing where's some some places you guys are going to be at here coming up yeah so we have a a new york city show at bowery electric on uh april 28th so it'd be great to see some support out there and you could follow us uh, on Instagram at Blanket Approval or BlanketApproval.com is our website. You could also find us on Spotify. I like that. And that'll all, that'll all be in the show notes for sure. If you would, you know, let, let's talk about where people can find you um, with these articles. Obviously on Insider, plug some of these. I'm going to put the articles that you that you sent me in the show notes. Talk a little bit about each of those that are, are going to be in there and, and kind of the inspiration there. Yeah, so um, a couple of stories recently came out. One of them is about my tips for long-haul train journeys. Um, I've spent 100, 100 hours, over 3,000 miles traveling on long-distance trains, which for me, I would say, is six hours or more. Hmm. Um, and I just kind of like reflected on all these journeys and put together some tips that I would want to have if I was trying this out for the first time. And I think these tips kind of resonate no matter where you're, no matter where you're traveling by train, like they're, they're pretty universal. Um, And the other one I have is um, about going to Italy after dreaming of visiting my whole life. So I was trying to find kind of a new way to frame a story about visiting a place for the first time. So I really just tapped into what made me feel the most while I was there. And I started just writing notes about these moments. And then I was like, could this be the story? Just these are the moments that that really stood out to me the most. And, you know, that that's how I came up with this headline. And yeah, there's uh, eight moments in there for you, all accompanied by a picture and a description of what I was thinking. Yeah, I, I love that. I, I love both of these stories. And the, the great thing, I, I think, with, with Insider is if, if people check out these stories and they want to read more from you, they don't want to just see those two, if they click your your name up at the top, I think every story you've ever written is going to come up kind of in a nice yeah. in a nice you know scroll down. And that's that's kind of where I've read a good chunk of your story. So urge people to do that. You've, I, I think uh, you've came a long way, both uh, actually going places and then also in your, in your writing. So I, I like that for sure. Uh, if you would, um, you know, you already talked about where we're going to find blanket approval, these links to the story, but just plug, plug one last time, every, every connection point with Joey, if you would. Um, yeah. So there's, um, at Joey Ray Haddon on Instagram. That's where I post every story that I've written. You can also go to my author page on Insider. And um, for the blanket approval stuff, at blanket approval on Instagram and blanket approval on Spotify.
Very good. Well, it's been a pleasure. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Jackson. It was great. So that's Joey Haddon. Appreciated her time. I, uh, I'm not lying when I said, you know, I reached out to her because I have found myself drawn into to many of her articles, whether it's on the the homepage of uh, Yahoo, whether it's just seeing it on a, a Facebook post. I feel like her articles are 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 really easy to uh, to digest and really easy to, to read. Definitely, if you're you into travel at all, when it says you know three three things to take with you on the largest cruise ship in the world or uh, traveling solo throughout Europe or what I learned from a red-eye flight. These are all things I just made up in my head. They very well may be an article, but it's things like that uh, that, of course, I'm like, yeah, I want to I know about that. And then you click on it, and it's not just this big, long text that you have to read everything. It's some words, and then it's a picture to explain that. And then there's words, and then there's another picture to support what she's she's talking about. So it's uh, it's really cool. I, I really do uh, really like her articles. I'll put a link to uh, the few articles that she mentioned, uh, so you can kind of check those out. I'll put a link to kind of her page on Insider, if you will. Um, and then, of course, the other side of things is the blanket approval. I'll put a link to uh, Spotify, their Spotify, so you can check that out. She uh, was nice enough to send a link to the upcoming show in late April. If you're in the New York City area, want to check out a, a really awesome band, uh, you have four friends really uh, having a great time up there, uh, go click on that link, go check it out, and uh, get yourself some tickets. Know they would appreciate seeing you there. Um, but yeah, I will, uh, I'll link everything down, down below. If this is your first time listening or you haven't already, please, uh, subscribe or, or follow whether you're on Spotify, on Apple, leave that five star review, leave a written review on Apple. Really appreciate that. You can follow us on, uh, Instagram, not enough podcast, jacksonf.com, not enough with Jackson Huff on Facebook. We're everywhere. Really appreciate your support. Uh, but if you do nothing else, come back next week because a lot of amazing guests coming up and uh, really great guests from the past, too. Plenty uh, plenty to listen to. Um, but, yeah, thanks so much for being here. Take it away, Scott. This has been Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff. Thank you for listening. Be sure to join us next time where we will interview another amazing guest who is sure to make you laugh or make you think or, hey, maybe even both. But until then, keep being awesome.